Let's continue our worship in the Word of God. Uh, turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And also we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 7. Colossians 4, 2 to 6. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open the door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Jesus Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Amen. Philippians 4, 4-7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Sorry. Just apologize. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see you all. Thank you so much for being here. If you are joining us in person, also thank you for joining us through streaming. We are uh, so blessed to have you all. In this tumultuous time, as we are praying and interceding for our family, church, and country, we have committed to 40 days prayer. And we have two more days to go. Especially we are praying for our nation particularly for this upcoming election in two days. Um, we are praying that the God-fearing leaders will be elected according to God's will. And if you recall, there are three themes that we have been focusing on during this 40 days of prayer. Purification through repentance. As repentance is about turning back to God from our own ways, we want to learn to repent faithfully as God is faithful to forgive us. Second, perseverance by faith. We learn to persevere in our faith, seeking God. I think for a lot of us, prayer is not something that comes naturally. It is a hard work, I know. Because even for Christians, utter dependence on God is not our propensity within our nature. We don't want to depend on God many times, oftentimes. But we are to work on prayer, as the Bible tells us to, so that we can build perseverance as a character within us. Also, we've been focusing on preparation with hope. We want to prepare for the things to come as we pray with expectation of God's leading. Surely God is leading our lives daily. In all the days of our lives, He shall be our guide 
And we need to continue to prepare for the next stage, especially after the elections. Uh, we need to also prepare ourselves to continue to seek out the souls who are lost out there with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And also, we need to continue to trust God and move forward in our faith journey. We need to prepare. Amen. And as we are wrapping up the 40 days of prayer, today's passage are, I think, the perfect summary of what we have been learning about. If you look at look into uh, this passage, or passages, as you say, a couple of things that we can clearly learn from this. First, we want to learn to pray with right attitudes. Verse 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We are to pray in alertness, not nervousness, something we need to learn. We're not just praying without being alert. It says, being watchful, devote yourself to prayer, especially as we are facing spiritual warfare. If you recall last week's sermon, we have learned the spiritual warfare that we are facing today. It is our reality. We are to continue to fight in our spiritual warfare. And then if you recall, there are three tactics or strategies uh, that enemy uses against the church, against the people of God, even against the world. Deception, division, and destruction. And surely we can detect the spirit of deception being prevalent in our world today. I mean, look at what's happening today. The blatant lies and false narratives are floating around, deceiving and confusing so many people, including Christians. And it is very difficult times like this to know what is true. It's clearly, the spirit of deception is working in our midst. The enemy's tactic, we need to be careful and we need to fight against. So, we need to pray in alertness. Also, we are to pray with the attitude of thanksgiving as we activate our faith. And later today, we'll focus on this point. We are to pray with thanksgiving. Also, we are to pray without ceasing for everything. If you look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Even today's passage, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, In every situation, by prayer and petition, we are to pray without ceasing, for everything, for everything. That's why we are praying. That's why we are learning to pray. Praying in the truth, in alertness, with thanksgiving, it's really about praying in the Spirit. That's why Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, pray in the Spirit in all, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Noticed, the Paul's letters in Colossians, Ephesians, and Philippians, even Romans, if you look at, continually, the instruction is clear. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's what we want to learn. 
We want to learn to pray with right attitudes. Second, we can summarize this 40-day prayer as this. We want to learn to pray for the kingdom of God. Look at verse 3 in Colossians chapter 4. Pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. We are to pray for the kingdom of God to be expanded through preaching of the gospel, in and through our word and deeds. That's what Paul was asking the Christians to pray for. Pray that our message will be heard, proclaimed with clarity, with boldness. That was what Paul's focus here was. We are to pray for the kingdom of God. I know we need to pray for all kinds of things in life. Families, we need to pray for them. We need to pray for school if you are students. Your career, whether it's academic or, or your own career in, in marketplace. Your relationship, you need to pray for. Especially those who are in a relationship. And all of these things ultimately point to what? The kingdom of God. Our life. Everything that happens in our life ultimately points to the kingdom of God. And you might say, how? How is it possible? Well, we raise our family to be godly examples of the kingdom life. Our family points to Christ and the kingdom of God. As a student, we study hard in our academics for equipping ourselves to serve the kingdom work in the future. That's why we need to pray for our academics career, and we need to study hard. Again, even our academic career points to kingdom of God. We work hard to make money to support the kingdom ministry in the marketplace. I know that a lot of Christians, they got confused. We are not working for the American dream that you will have a good retirement in the future. That somehow you will have a good cars and good life in the future. No, ultimately what we are praying, what we are working, we are working so that somehow the Lord can use our lives, including our finance, to expand God's kingdom. That's why we are working. Again, even our career points to the kingdom of God. Closely look into the Lord's Prayer that we can clearly see the kingdom as the ultimate direction of our prayer. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Notice the main point of the Lord's Prayer. What's the main point of the Lord's Prayer? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. That is a summary of the Lord's Prayer. Under this prayer for the kingdom come, we pray for provisions. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We pray for victory. Lead us not into temptation under the let your kingdom come. Also, we pray for protection under this prayer of kingdom come. Deliver us from evil. Again, all kinds of prayers can be summarized into one thing. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your life should be summarized with the kingdom come. Amen. Let your kingdom come. The kingdom of God is the ultimate direction 
of our prayer, therefore. Even during 40 days of prayer that we are committing ourselves to. When we pray for our nation, we're not really praying out, praying for, uh, praying for our nation out of American nationalism. Oh, no. We're not just praying for our nation out of mere patriotism. By the way, we should be patriot. We should really love our country and pray for our country. But that's not the only reason that we are praying for. Our ultimate reason that we are praying for our nation is what? The kingdom of God. As we are praying for our nation, we are praying for the environment for the church to grow and expand the kingdom of God. That is why we are praying for our nation. Please understand that clearly. So, during these 40 days of prayer, we want to learn to pray for the kingdom of God. Amen. And I want to challenge you. Two days left. Pray. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thirdly, we want to learn during these 40 days of prayer to pray for the wisdom. Look at verse 5 in Colossians. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. I told you this is a perfect summary, right, for what we've been doing for 40 days. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Unfortunately, this is not what's happening in the lives of many Christians today, especially we are living in a cancel culture. And some of us are being impacted by, or infected by, I should say, that we become feisty and we argue. We even cancel one another just because we might have a different perspectives on certain issues that we are facing today. The Bible is very clear. Be wise how you relate to other people. Amen. Especially times like this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. If you look into Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. We must be wise in terms of how we conduct, how we live our lives, how we especially relate to other people. As we are faithfully doing gospel ministry, we need God's wisdom. We need to know what to do. We need to know what to say, how to say. We need to know the truth, how to discern. These things don't come out of nowhere. We need God's wisdom. That's why we need to pray. Paul says, pray that you will have a wisdom to distinguish what is right from what is wrong. You pray that you'll be able to be wise to discern what is happening in our world. Pray that you will know how to relate to other people. As this, especially such time as such a time as this when spirit of deception is active and active everywhere, we are to discern, my brothers and sisters, oh, how much we need God's wisdom in today's lives. Especially ask for discernment against deception, against all kinds of different narratives. How are you going to 
discern? How are you going to make your decisions? How are you going to make decisions in your life? These things we need God's wisdom. Discern how to relate to other people. How to perceive, how to think, how to say, and what to say. These are very important. We want to learn to pray for wisdom in these 40 days of prayer. Amen. That's, in a way, the summary of what's we've been, what we've been focusing on in these 40 days of prayer. And what a way to summarize that. Now, let's focus on praying with thanksgiving. One of the attitudes that we must have as we pray is the prayer of thanksgiving, or pray with thanksgiving. Devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, the Bible says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What does it mean by thanksgiving? Well, it means that we pray with faith. What do you mean by pray with thanksgiving? We pray with faith. Pray in faith. If you truly believe God, if you truly believe in who God is and what He is doing, at the end, no matter what the circumstance we might be in, we would give thanks. Thanksgiving is the, in a way, the, the natural reaction of people, reaction of faith. As you believe that God is, in, God is good, God is in control, God is doing His thing, guess what? We give thanks to God. So if you really talk about the, the, the maturity of faith, the mature Christians, they live life of thanksgiving. In my series, the teachings on faith, I said the last stage of your faith is actually thanksgiving. What I mean by that is that as you believe in Christ, as you grow in faith, you will notice at the end, no matter what, you will be the, at the level where you'll be able to give thanks to God for every circumstances that you might be in. Whether it's a good time, bad time, ugly time, at the end, knowing that God is in control, knowing that He is our God, we can surely give thanks to God. I know because of the COVID or because of all these social issues that we are facing, a lot of us are feeling frustrated, feeling fear, and we are just, a lot of times we complain. But it is a time for us to activate your faith, knowing that God is with you, that we are His children, that we can truly give thanks to God because of our faith in the Lord. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, activate your faith. Let me go in a little bit more deeper. Why thanksgiving? Why pray with thanksgiving? Three things. First, God is in control. He's sovereign. If you look at Psalm 103, verse 19, it says, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom rules over all. Job 12, verse 10 says, In His hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Every life, every life, He says, Every life of every living thing is in the hand of God. He is in control of our lives. He's in control of, over our world. He's in control over every single thing happening in this universe. 
Proverbs 16.4 says, The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Interesting, isn't it? He's saying God is even sovereign over the wicked things happening in this world. Somehow he is in control and he even he uses wickedness to fulfill his purpose. I mean, look at the example of Jesus Christ, no one else. He was the ultimate victim in a way, right? He was the innocent man. He was perfect man, yet because of the wickedness of this world, he was crucified and sacrificed. Obviously, that was the plan of God. God can even use the wickedness of this world. Even the wicked, he says, he can use for his purpose. Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. Why? For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. We can still pray with thanksgiving even now. You know why? No matter what, out, what uh, outcome of our election will be, we can still give thanks to God. I remember in 2016, after the election, some a lot of Christians, they were very frustrated. They were like confused what was going on. And I think almost every election, we probably feel that way, in a way. We don't know what's going to happen. And obviously, our leaders is very important to us. Why? Direction of our country actually got, gets determined by who our leader is. And it is, I'm sure, it is a legitimate feeling that that we have after the election? What if the candidate that you are voting for is not the one who was elected? I'm sure some people will be very frustrated, especially nowadays. I see that even more. People are putting their hearts and soul and even hope into governing authority nowadays even more. And when the things are not going the way that we want it to go, people react negatively. And I think that is not what we should do as a faith people. Amen? No matter the outcome of the election will be. And we don't know who's going to be a president until hopefully by Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we know that God is in control. God says there is no authority except from God. That all those Authorities that exist have been instituted by God. If you truly believe in God is in control, then we should not be stirred. We should not be shaken from the inside out. We should be shaken outside maybe, but not from the inside out. Amen? We should be concerned, yes, but we should, in the core of our being, we should not be shaken. Because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's in control. And I will tell you, my brothers and sisters, this week we will have the outcome of this election. Do not be stirred by whatever the outcome will be. Have faith. Trust God that He's in control. He is sovereign. He knows what He's doing. We don't know what we are doing oftentimes. Our governing authorities, they don't know what they're doing most of the time. 
A lot of us, we don't know what we are doing. We don't even know what's going to happen in five minutes from now. But He knows. He knows from the very beginning to the end. That's why Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. What a passage, isn't it? What a powerful word. Jesus said, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the Alpha and Omega. That means He's in perfect control of what is happening in this world. God is in control, my brothers and sisters. He knows what He's doing. And at the end, we will know what He's doing clearly. So take heart. God is in control. Take comfort in it. And I will see how we will be after when they'll after Tuesday. As Christians, as people of God, let us activate our faith. Let us not be shaken in our core. Let us stand firm in our faith. Amen? Therefore, we can truly rejoice and give thanks to all circumstances because God is in control. No wonder today's passage says, Rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what happens to you, no matter what happens to this nation, no matter what happens to us, we can still rejoice. And Paul says, I'll say it again, rejoice. You know what was happening in the times of Paul when he was writing this? Christians were being persecuted heavily. They were not in good condition, even worse than most of us. By the way, outside of the United States, there are still millions of people, Christians, who are being persecuted by their government. And I know some personally in various parts of the world. And it is a reality, sadly. And it's what happened in Nigeria, and we, we heard it. My brothers and sisters, the Bible says, he says, no matter what, rejoice. See, there's a bit difference between happiness or being happy and, and uh, rejoice. You know what's the difference? The happiness is really depending upon the happenings surrounding you. Let's say if, if, if my daughters give me a present or give me a nice hug, I feel happy that moment. Why? It's determined by the happenings. But the rejoice is depending upon, based upon faith. Not the circumstances will determine the re being rejo rejoicing. It's, it's faith that will determine your rejoice. If you truly believe in the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you truly trust God, no matter what happens, no matter what happens in our life, we can truly rejoice knowing that ultimately God is in control. Ultimately, God will rescue us. Ultimately, God is with us and God will make everything good at the end. No trusting and having faith in Christ, who He is, what He is doing, what He will do, we can truly rejoice. In all circumstances, it's the matter of faith. Amen. So, He's in control. That's why we should pray as we rejoice in all circumstances. 
with all kinds of prayers with an attitude of thanksgiving. Secondly, why with thanksgiving we pray? Because God is fulfilling His purpose, His will. Romans 8.28, it says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And for those who are called according to His purpose. God is working in and through our lives. God is working in and through this church. God is working in and through this world. At the end, who will He will fulfill His purpose. His purpose is to bring the kingdom of God at the end when Christ returns. And He is doing that from the very beginning of the time. God works for the good and He will continue to fulfill His promises upon God's people. He will continue to fulfill His will and His plan in this world. Whether we like it or not, the way that it's going to happen, God, God's will be fulfilled at the end. And the Bible says it's a good thing. He will work for the good. He will work for those who are called according to His purpose. Imagine that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, My God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Jesus Christ. What does it mean? Not only He's just fulfilling ultimately what's happening in this world toward His will and His plan, He will daily lead you, guide you, help you as He fulfills His purpose in your life, as He fulfills uh, His purpose and His will in this world and ultimately in this universe. Amazing truth, isn't it? He is very personal. At the same time, He is in this cosmic control over everything. And everything will be worked out according to His perfect plan. Even using the wickedness and wicked, God will somehow make it Everything happens to fulfill His promises, fulfill His purpose, fulfill His plans. And He will be focusing on you personally, individually, in your life, leading you step by step, day by day, as you build relationship with Christ. And that is our God. He's almighty. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in a way that you should go. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, this God who is in perfect control, who is fulfilling His will in this world, God is also instructing you personally, individually, because you are His children. And He is taking care of you. And He says, I will counsel you with my eye upon you. What a powerful truth, isn't it? This God who is in perfect control, fulfilling His purpose in this world, in this universe, yet He is so into you that He is also fulfilling His purpose of, in your life and through your life. And He's leading you day by day, every day. And He says, my eyes is upon you. God's people. That's why when in the Old Testament, you know this expression, the Israelites, the, the, the people of God, God calls them what? 
the apple of my eyes. What a blessing to be God's people. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are blessed. And as God is fulfilling His will, as He's leading us according to His perfect will, guess what? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-7, through 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, in due time, He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. In due time, in proper time, He will exalt you. He will answer you. He will be with you. And He will fulfill His promises in and through your life. Amen. Amen. So, we pray with thanksgiving because God is fulfilling His will. Last but not least, with thanksgiving we pray because God answers our prayers. God answers our prayers. In His time, through His ways, for His glory. Let me say it again. In His time, through His ways, for His glory, God will answer our prayers. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. Write it down somewhere so that you can look into that later. 1 John 5, 14 through 15, he says, This is the confidence that we have toward Him, toward God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. We know that He answers our prayer. That's what John is writing. I particularly point this verse out, this passage out, because it has a lot of truth in God's answer to our prayers. It is that according to His will as we pray, as we submit ourselves to His ways, and as we pray for the things that we need, all the requests, we will be given. Another word, John chapter 15, verse 7. By the way, the Apostle John is basically explaining John 15, 7 in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. He's actually borrowing the word. He's bringing the word of Christ. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. With that in mind, the John heard the word of Jesus, and he says, this is the confidence that we have toward him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if you know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. My brothers and sisters, God does answer prayers. If you believe that, say amen. When you ask Him, He will answer your prayer. As you abide in Christ, how? In the Word. As you are obedient to the Word, as you are seeking the Word, as you are building a relationship with Christ, as you continue to, to, to live a life 
for Christ, pursuing His ways, following Him as you trust Him, knowing that He saved you from sin and death, that He has given you the new life and new purpose and new faith. Ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you. It will be given you, the Bible says. God answers our prayers. He does, clearly. He answers our prayers. We've been praying for specific things for the last 40 days, or in this 40 days of prayer. We have two more days to go, today and tomorrow. Don't give up now. Activate your faith, believe, and seek God. Amen? Some of you say, oh, pastor, I was not faithful in praying last 40 days. Well, you have two more days to go. Be faithful today. Amen. God can answer your prayer. He will answer you according to His plan. In His time, through His ways, for His glory. Especially we are praying for what? Spiritual breakthroughs in your life. Or some kind of breakthroughs in your life. Especially some of you need financial breakthroughs in your life. Pray. Two more days. Things can happen in two days. Amen? Pray. You need some provision? Pray. You need some wisdom as you relate to your family members or particular friends? Pray. You are praying for your family for a long time and, and then they are tr they're trying to share the gospel? Pray. You never know. This is the activation point that you've been waiting for as you pray. Pray for our nation continually. Two days. You might say, oh, a lot of early voting is done and, you know, it's out, of course it's out of our, our, our hand. It's, we are not in control of this. No one is. Only God is. But pray for our nation that we will, we will go through smooth election process, that we will not suffer anymore. Those people will not suffer anymore under confusion or chaos. Pray for that. Pray for the right leaders to be elected. Pray for that. Amen. And even as you vote, by the way, I already done my voting last Friday. Uh, as you vote, prayerfully vote, that also needs some wisdom, don't you think? As we are trying to figure out who will be the right leader for us. You pray and then you decide. But you ask God, ask God for wisdom. Why not? In all locations, all kinds of prayers. Amen. We need to do that as a Christians. God answers our prayer. Therefore, we can truly give thanks to God as we pray. No wonder Paul says, pray with thanksgiving. I want to challenge you. In two days, we'll be done with our 40 days of prayer. During this time, let us focus our prayers in thanksgiving. But just give thanks to God. Thanks to God for everything that He has done for you in your life, specifically, also, especially for the last 40 days. Why not? Write it down what God has done for you. 
you know, one of the practice that I do with my family, especially with my kids, I actually ask them, what are you thankful for today? Sometimes it comes out some weird things. I'm so thankful that I have this. I'm so thankful that uh, I have food. Especially my second one will say, I'm so thankful that I, am, I have spam. <laughs> like out of nowhere, right? But I'm trying to train them to find and to discover the even smallest things to the biggest things. Even from the very small things, you can find yourself giving thanks to God. Why not? Write it down. Write it down, the things that, that God's been done for you. Over the years, maybe, but specifically today. I'm sure if you think hard, right, you'll be able to. One of my um, friends, um, the father, is very ill. Not because of COVID, but he's been ill for a long time. And uh, basically, at this moment, he cannot even breathe uh, because his lung is failing um, because of this cancer. And he's literally dying. And as I was praying for my friend, as I was conversing with him last week, I realized, man, thank God that I can even breathe today. Thank God that I have healthy lung. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but if you think about a lot of things, you should give thanks in everything that God is doing. Some people don't even wake up in the morning from their sleep. What about us? A lot of people don't even have food to eat in this world. I'm not going to get into all that, but at least in your daily life, we can find things to give thanks to. Right? We should be thankful for. Now, last two days, today and tomorrow, you can continue to pray for the provision, yes, but I want us to focus. Two days of a 40 days of prayer that we've been doing, let's dedicate our prayers of thanksgiving, in thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. Just give thanks to God. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Thank you, Lord, for my children. Thank you, Lord, for my health. Thank you, Lord, for the, the job that I have. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that are happening in my life. Thank you, Lord, for even my past, terrible past that I can learn from. Thank you, Lord, for the rescuing action that you've been doing even before I knew you. I mean, there's a lot of things that we should be thankful for. And I'll tell you, when we pray with thanksgiving, oh, we shall experience the supernatural power of God in and through our lives. And I challenge you that you do that for today and for tomorrow and all the days to come. And as we kind of wrap up this 40 days of prayer, I want to challenge you it doesn't just stop there. Obviously, we are trying to build this habit of holy habit of prayers from through these 40 days. But you should continue to pray as we continue. Amen. And it is my prayer that God will be with you, that that 
you will experience the demonstration of the Holy Spirit as you pray in this 40 days of prayer. Amen? Let's pray. I want you to spend some time praying and let's give thanks to God for all the things that He has done for us. And let us bring glory to God. And let's also commit ourselves to pray with thanksgiving for the next two more days as we wrap up this 40 days of prayer. Let us pray.